Good morning. Good morning, Agape Church family. Good I pray morning. that. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, welcome morning. to the first Sunday of the celebration of our beloved senior pastor, James E. Churn Jr. And it is my privilege and pleasure to serve as your announcer. You know how they say on the price is right. Senior Pastor Churn, come on down. Yeah, we got something we want you to do and we're going to introduce your theme for the year. So I believe you have some instructions of things you have to do and you should have a little bag, a little pouch, which you not to touch yet, but you should have it. You can show me that you have it. Where is it, Pastor? There's that little pouch. All right. You will open it at the appropriate time. But now let's get ready to see what is the theme for our pastoral anniversary. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to be doing this throughout the service. I'm going to ask you to share your screen with me and I'm going to ask you to pray with me. There were some technological opportunities to grow. So as you, uh, <laughs> I'm going to share share my screen. Oh Lord, help me! Thank and, you, uh, Jesus. And we're going to just go to town. So give me give me a moment because I'm about to introduce our theme. Okay, here we go. Sharing my screen. Um. Uh oh. See, I did it already. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Helping me. Here we go. Oh, we need to put we need to put off our uh, things. You oh, can't. No. I don't know. You can't if it'll interfere. When you walk down the road, heavy burden, heavy load, I will rise and I will walk. Bishop, we have an announcement for okay. our pastor. We have an assignment. Pastor, you have and will have during our Zoom meetings a special background, but we need you to help us to make you put it on your uh, your <laughs> So at this time, before our, our announcer continues, would you please follow the, the direction of your lovely half Lady D, as far as getting that screen that you need for the background. You're on mute, lady. This is not supposed to be here like this. It, it, it's, it's, it's a PDF format, so how can I get it to you? What's the best way? You're muted too, Pastor. <laughs> okay, Lady D. What you will do is um, you go to your chat. Uh, go to the chat. chat. 
Okay, I'll try. In Zoom. I know. Okay. And at the bottom, you'll see something that says file. A little icon. I don't see it. Well, it'll be a little, looks like a document. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Click on that. Okay. And then select, you should have your computer. Yes. And then you go select the document. Oh, you know what? Before you even do that, chat it. You want to direct your chat at me. Because right now it's default to everyone. No, it's on you. Thank okay. You. Okay. But thank you for that instruction. Okay. And then I just click on it. Click on it, open it, and then I should get it. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for your indulgence. Um, it's coming. Okay. Oh. Can anyone tell me what is the theme for our pastoral anniversary? Do you have some idea? Sister Symphony said throwback. <laughs> by an angel. Yes, Agape, our theme this year is, let me say it in the proper way. We are touched by an angel. Senior pastor, James E. Churn, Jr. And I wanna share with you where where in the world did we get that from? Well, in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, John had a vision, John, and he shared this wonderful experience he had where he had a tremendous vision. And one of the things he saw was a vision of seven stars and seven lampstands in this place. And Jesus had come and he had something in his hand and he described this figure of the Lord and how his, his legs looked, how his body looked. And he went on to, to say in Revelation chapter one, verse 20, here's what was being said to John. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lamppost stands is this. The seven stars are the angels or messengers of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And I don't know if you remember when pastor preached on the different letters to the seven churches. And you, if you read the book of Revelation, you'll say, you'll read for just for an example in, I think it's Revelation chapter two, uh, one or or something similar. It says to the angel at the church of of Pagamus, right? It it just to the angel of the church is what is the greeting for the writing of the letter. And we see the angel of the church being that pastor, that person assigned. Oh, it looks like it looks like he has his background there, pastor. It looks like, oh, what's that behind him? Oh my, it look, looks like something. But I let me tell you what I'm going to do. I wanted to use some of our Touch by an Angel folks to help us like be the illustration to bring the picture of what we want to do. So remember you're praying for technological glitches, but I want to share 
an episode with you, and the episode has to do with this disreputable archaeologist or professor who decided that he would go through, he, they were looking for the Ark of the Covenant, and this man found himself pushing through. Now, you know, it's always two ways. You know, he didn't believe in God. He was mad at God because God had let his wife die. But that's a, you'll hear a little allusion to it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but let's go take a look at this because I want you to see angels in action. Oh, share the screen. They're there. We think we can share. Okay, I share. Me sharing. All right, where is Sister Tim Deacon Tamika when I need her? She usually tells me what to do here. I'm trying to share. Go to the, go to the tab of which you want to share. So there there it is. Oh, thanks. See, I just need a little encouragement. All right, they've broken through, and let's see what happens. Thomas Edward North. Who are you? I am Micah, an angel of the Most High God, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of Moses, who placed the tablets of the law in this ark, which I protect. Monica, you seen this? Monica. Be not afraid, Thomas. You are in the presence of angels. What? You've been surrounded by angels all along the way. We tried to discourage you from coming this far because anyone who stands in this holy place bears a heavy burden for the rest of their lives. But you are here. And we're here to help you heal and to understand what you're about to see. It's tr true. Yes, it is the Ark of the Covenant that sits behind this veil. It contains the tablets of the Ten Commandments, the staff of Aaron, and a jar of the manna that God provided for his children in the wilderness. It is where the presence of God came to rest, to comfort his lost children. And God promises that one day the Ark will be restored to the temple, and his presence will again descend onto the ark. Until that time, his people will continue to wander and his presence will come to rest in the only kind of ark that can rise and follow him now. In the hearts of his people and in your heart, Thomas, that is where God will come to rest if you will make a place for him. That is where you will find peace. Why should I find God after what he did to Laura, after what he did to me? Humble yourself in the sight of your God, Thomas. He's not my God. He's your God, and you can have him. Just let me see that.
I hate you. I hate you. Oh, God, I hate you. Show me who you are. What do you want from me? <laughs> Thomas, stand up. Please, stand up. With the very commandments that are hidden in this room, Thomas, God has shown you what is good and right. And what does he ask of you? To do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God, to love him, to wait patiently for him to work in your life, and to trust that the peace of God that passes all understanding will be yours by his love and his mercy. You may never understand why your precious Laura was taken from you. But from this moment on, you will always know that she lives now with the one who loves, the one who is love, and who loves you so much that he has allowed you to be present in this moment.
any responses to what you've just seen. You can unmute yourself and share. No response. Wow. I just said uh, it's just well. Mm. There, it's it's a show. I uh, am. It, it, I'll give you a minute. It's a show. And then, yeah, it's a show. But sometimes it can give us an illustration of our faith. It gives us something to drive home what we know. And um, and I need to say some things before I have you talk, but I'm going to have you talk. And that is that one of the things that they told that man when he was coming there, he said, once you see this, huh? once you see this, it changes how you're affected. And I tell you, when Pastor Churn said yes to the call to be a pastor, I was there. God spoke to him and told him what he wanted him to do. And he said yes. And his life has never been the same. And the burden that he bears hasn't changed. If anything, it's increased. Thank you, Pastor. You'll be hearing things like this throughout this message. All right. As you all give me your response, yeah. And I, I think um, someone else wanted to speak also. I remember when my father was dying from cancer and um, we made all those trips to Virginia, you know, to um, comfort him. And, and I was young, young in my faith and didn't understand, you know, and I was, um, I really messed up, you know, because my father and I didn't have have the kind of relationship I would have liked, but um, nevertheless, when I um, became a Christian, I had a different point of view, and um, I, I couldn't understand why, 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 if I prayed and asked God, why, why couldn't He reverse that? Why, you know, I I didn't hate Him, but I didn't like. The fact that um, my father went through all that suffering, all that pain, you know, um, why, why, why that my attitude was, why, you know, he saved this one and that one, some of the worstest people, and he can't um, heal my father, you know, and that, that really hurt, you know, so um, I can understand how he might may have felt um because I can relate to that um because my father and I was just getting back getting on I mean coming together you know honoring him as my father um and and being his son because I hated him earlier in our in our life because I seen him do some things that was ugly. And I hated him for that, but the hate turned into love uh, later on as I became a Christian. Thank you, EF. Anyone else? It's just that I saw where the angels were protecting. Yes. It's like in the Old Testament, 
it was a place that even the priests, only special priests could go into and the angels were protecting it and prophesying, hallelujah, about the fact of that going back where it needed to be, but not yet. And if you're at this place, then there's a heavy burden on you. And I thought about that thing. He said, when you get to this spot, there is a heavy burden placed on you. Those were the powerful pieces of that snippet that we just saw. Yes. And our pastor has said yes to a heavy burden and does and deals with it on a regular day by day, experience by experience basis. And we, we are grateful. I'd like to turn your attention to a portion of scripture. Uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Because uh, I couldn't talk before. It was just too powerful of an okay. illustration. But what um, I wrote down as being just, it's just so powerful that uh, one of the things that I think Monica said was that our heart is an arc. Our heart is an arc. And it reminded me of the uh, sermon Pastor G talked, I think it was Pastor G who preached about the arc being in our homes. And I just thought about that, about our heart, how, how our heart is an arc. That's about all I can say right now. That just really mm -hmm. impacted me. Good, good. Thank you. Anyone else? I don't want to, we can stay with it as long as you want to. Did my head of security want to say something? I thought I saw his hand. No pressure. All right. All right, Deacon Bob. Um, the word protect is so important, but I want to say, I'm glad you mentioned that, Lady D, because I have a mezuzah with the hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And I will love the Lord my God. I say it that way with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my might, with all my strength. They may not be the right order. Um, but I write it and I tell the Lord, I will write it on the doorpost of my heart as well as I have it at the front of my, my house because I want it to be the filter through which everyone who walks into my home feels the lordship, the authority of the most high God over my home and over the lady that lives in that home. And I thank the Lord. I've heard more than once that people say they feel peace when they come to my home. And that means that he's at work. Ah, listen, you know, I don't think I've ever shouted on Zoom before, but I'm telling you, I feel like throwing my wheelchair back and doing a little doing a little dance before the Lord. Cause see, see, you're imagining it and you're already laughing. That's supposed to laugh a bit of shouting. But I saw you, I I I think about him being here and having his angel. And when people come in, they get touched by an angel. And do you know there are people in my home who pastor calls and they wait for that call. And when he calls, they know they've been touched by an angel. They look for him. They listen to him. He reaches out and he touches with his touch of love. He reaches out and he touches with his caring, just in a phone call, just in a little joke. He named one of my neighbors the mayor of the block. And she come tell me, James said, I'm the mayor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my, that's my brother. Excuse me. So I really want to thank the Lord for you. Now I want to turn your attention to the angel. And my angel, I'm really going to be talking about his equipment. 
the angel that I'm going to highlight. I'm going to highlight him, but really his equipment. So if you would, uh, you can meet me in Genesis chapter three. And you don't have to meet me there. I just wanted to, to share with it. But I think I'd like to get me a reader. I changed that. Can I get someone to read Genesis chapter three, verse 24? Yes. Please, Deacon Cain, go for it. Okay, wait a minute. Genesis chapter three. As she turns, Pastor Churn, you may open your um package and you'll find a pouch inside that package. Do not open that yet. Okay. 24? Yes, Genesis 3 to 24. Okay. I have the K uh, King James Version. Sorry. It says, so All he... Right, someone, hold on. Someone else find the NIV. Go ahead. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Hold on, hold on, uh, Pastor G. Deacon Ken, you could read the, the KJV and then I wanted the uh, NIV. Genesis, okay. Genesis chapter <laughs> 3, verse 24. You can write okay. it down so that you can go back and check. Go ahead, Deacon King. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And what did you have, Pastor G, if you don't mind reading that again? After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. You can find out the full story there, but I wanted to talk about a cherubim, not so much to describe him, but look at the weapon that he had. Did you see in that illustration when the man was getting ready to just march himself in? What did Michael put up before him? Do you remember? The flaming sword. Guess what? Yeah. Our pastor has a flaming sword and it's found in Hallelujah. 4, verse 12. And it says, This is the sword that our pastor uses. Uh, who will find that scripture, Hebrews 4, verse 12, to describe our angel's sword? Hebrews I know about Go right ahead. Hebrews Meanwhile, four. I'm going to ask Deacon Dixon if you're available. I have a portion of scripture I'd like you to read at some point in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 3. All right, Hebrews 4.12, whoever has it, please. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to, to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow it judges and it judges the hearts and attitude mm, i see i've got it all up here. it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart hebrews 4 12 that's past the sword that's his sword not only does he protect us from 
by giving us the truth. But I'm going to ask Deacon Deacon Dixon, would you read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 3 and ending with verse 5? Okay. Um, hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, hold on. Hold on. Bible. You know what? Um, see, you, can, I'm, I'm having um. It's a new uh, this app that I got. They updated uh -huh. it. And I'm trying to. It's hard to navigate through it. And um. But you know what? I, don't don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about it. We need to stop for a minute. I uh -huh. don't need that scripture right there because I want to use that to challenge us. So before I challenge us, I want to say to you, Pastor Churn. How we praise the Lord for your astute ability to wield, that's what you call when you use a sword, to wield the sword of the spirit, the word of God. You use it to, to really make things clear and to lay down what the gospel is and how we can grow as Christians. But there's something else that is there. Did you notice in Genesis that angel was placed there as a sign, even though it was a flaming sword, it was pro to protect the the man, the, the human beings from themselves, to protect them from doing things that would make it so that they could not be redeemed. They could not be in relationship with the father. You do with the word of God so many things that make us so that we're not, um, we're not stuck in the old rut we used to be. We don't have to be how we were. And you have labored with some of us because all you hear is no, I can't, and huh, or either just pretend we didn't hear what you said. <laughs> so at this time, as a symbol of your sword, would you please open your pouch? And what do you have there, Pastor? Oh, my. It looks like a sword. It is a sword. Yes. Oh, my. Angel that has a sword. Looks there like you me. go. Please, please put it on Welcome. to wear for the rest of the service to remind you that you're our angel who wields the sword of the spirit. Spirit, Hallelujah. and we are very grateful to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To pay the price Hallelujah. to be God's messenger and to Amen. be God's person to take that flaming word of God and let it burn and do what it needs to burn and do in us. And I want to do one last um, illustration as we get ready to bring it into to conclusion. Um, so I'm going to ask if just Listen, listen, we just talking technical glitches here, okay? So I'm just going to ask if you just bear with me, uh, Lady D, if you would give us a little praise interlude, interlude. I don't know if I if I minimize my screen, if that will interfere. I don't think it will for everyone else. You just give us a little mu musical interlude while I mm -hmm. technically go retrieve the next illustration. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lady D. I'm going to uh, share my screen. Okay, be on the lookout, Deacon Tamika. I'm sorry, say that again. I just said be on the lookout. That's all. I'm. I'm. I think we're good. Why do you think he let you be black? To change this town? Change these people? Mm -mm, baby. To change your heart. Because you can't go on preaching against the darkness until you've seen it in yourself first. And there are not too many politically correct ways to do that. You just have to jump in and dig deep until you face yourself. And you've done that. And I'm proud of you. Now I say that you've got something real to say to those men out there. I have something real to tell you too. I love you, Tess. And I never really understood until now. I love you too, baby. Come on, go on out there and do what you've got to do. Don't be afraid. I am an angel. But for one day, I knew what it felt to be thirsty and tired. A weak and frightened earthbound human. And I discovered something hiding fear in a, in a dark corner of myself that I didn't even know was there. You too must look deep into your own hearts and seek out that same dark corner. And as hard as it will be, you must confess it to each other and to God. For the color of racism is fear. So please, don't worry about saying the right words as long as you say the true words. Call me Jimmy. I'm not your boy. I'm a man. And I hate it when every time I walk into a nice store or a fancy restaurant, everybody looks at me like I'm from another planet. I can't, man. I'm sure you can. You think every white person in this town is prejudiced. You think every one of us is out to rip you off. Well, sure. I mean, what have we been all talking about here? White people, they got something in them that love to see us put down. Every one of them. Every one. They try to hide it, but I know what they're thinking when they pass me on the street. Really? What was I thinking when I loaned you that $500 last year when we went fishing? 
I haven't had you over to the house every Christmas Eve. You even had me over. I, I try to be a good man, a fair man. I think racism is wrong, and I try to keep up with what I'm supposed to say, black, African-American, people of color. I don't pull a black man over just because he's driving a Mercedes. I contribute to the Negro College Fund, but I still don't get why you've got one language for us and another one for each other. And I resent that every time I go out of my way not to do something that might seem racist, some black guy always knows it and manages to make me feel guilty. I've got a lot of black friends in this town, but you know what? help me every time I shake the hand of a black man something deep inside something I can't explain something involuntary makes me want to wipe my hand on my pants and I don't know why I'm sorry I know it's terrible and I am sorry and I pray to God that he will cut it out of me because I don't even know where it's coming from. So, that's the truth. I don't know where we go from here, but at least I know where we stand. Yes, I think you did. You're standing on God's side now. Did anyone recognize the lady who had the final statement? Rosa Parks. Miss Rosa Parks, the one and the only. Um, there's a question I have. And before you say, well, how does that apply to our pastor? Because our pastor had to walk the same path you walk in terms of character. This is for you, Agape. This is for us. We're people like them dealing with issues like them that he's trying to give us the word, but he's got to deal with his own issues before he gets the privilege to stand and declare a word to us. And I want to ask you a question. It was a word that, oh, the Holy Spirit's reminding me. I didn't give you a chance to respond. Are there any re reactions to what you have seen that you would like to express? Would anyone like to? One thing, it was moving, so moving. Um, it reminded me when I was in military. And in my division, our division, there was me and another guy and about 80-something um, Caucasians and um, they, a couple of them went out their way <laughs> to make it hard very hard for us to do things you know and uh, I never faced I never understood um, the, the the evil the ugliness that that we faced every day 
And it, and when I left the military, I left with a bad taste in my mouth. And um and some hatred. Uh, because of all the things that, that were done to me, just me, you know. Um, um every time I mess up, they were on me. Um the leaders in, in that division. And they tried to get me kicked out because I made some mistakes out, out of the Navy. But there was a compassion um, um, leader. He was Caucasian. And it, it, and it really messed me up. So I had attitude towards uh, most white people. Thank you, yeah. Anyone else? Uh yes. yes um, well, that's a that's an ongoing thing for me. You know, I um I deal with uh I deal with a lot of white people and starting to and I meet a lot of them that love me and then I meet the ones that's like that thing is so ingrained in them, you know, hatred, hate racism and and even while they talk, it just comes out and then they'll go, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> But but God is um allowing me to to see beyond we see it beyond the racism thing because I I hate it with a passion I would hate racism bottom of my heart and uh but I meet too many I meet too many people broken that are white that and that love me or or they they express you know but I I see God in the in the brokenness with racism and um and He helping me deal helping me to see that not all white people are like that you know. Not not everybody's you know is is because you white you racist not that's not true but it's because our co our culture is ingrained in us to think that white is better and um you know every time something happens I'm like this that per it was white man or he was a black woman you know <laughs> and I'm just trying to just get out of that and um but um that was powerful that was powerful what the what the guy said and and what he said was he said when he shakes somebody's black hand he said he feel like instinctively he want to wipe his hand off and everything but um that's real because a lot of times when i shake a white man a white person's hand or something and i feel and i feel like they don't they don't it's something that they missing you know but um but i but i gotta realize too that god created all of us because many a day i asked the lord i said why you make these white people I said, you know, I said, I, they don't make, they don't make no sense. You know, the things that they do to us. I said, why? You know, but anyway, I'm, he's dealing with my heart to love everyone and not, you know, get out of this racism thing. It's one of Satan's major tools, use race, racism towards, uh, you know, us and then, then trying to do ministry and then not look at color and race mm -hmm. and to see the soul, the broken soul. So, you know, that was powerful, powerful, powerful. Powerful. Thank you, G. Bishop, you. I'm reminded that Jesus is in everything because I, I just, it's not that I, you know, don't, didn't think of it, but I don't think on a daily basis he's in the racism. I just think of him as being injustice, you know, like if someone does you wrong, you know, God's going to fix that or vindicate you and everything. But to think about the fact that he he really is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our mm -hmm. heart. 
And mm -hmm. even something as much as looking at another person's physical appearance and putting them in our mind, grouping them with a set of characteristics and so forth and treating them as though they've already committed that, isn't that too? And at the end of that is the word forgiveness. Racism and forgiveness for me in my life are synonymous. Thank you, Pastor G. Anyone else? For me, I was like, I grew up in a very racist place. Um, and I felt like when I shook a white person's hand, I was the one who wanted to wipe my hand, actually. And I, I, grew, I grew to be like that because um, of some of the injustices I felt. But I also started feeling that way against black people because I got it both ways. And so, you know, growing up, I, I started getting um, the racist feelings from my own people because of the way I spoke, because of my hair, because of all these different things. So I got it from white people and black people. So I had to just decide, okay, I just had to find a niche for myself. But, um, and the Lord had to help me see, I became a person who stood up for black rights. You know, it's very, uh, you know, very much a black rights person when I went to school. Cause again, I was in a situation where I was around mostly white people and I decided that, you know, I was going to be that kind of person, black student union, all that kind of stuff. And the Lord has had to systematically over the years, um, show me my own racial prejudices and how that's not his way. Mm -hmm. um, Pastor always jokes with me and said, all I have to do is say, <laughs> he says, if he wants to motivate me to do something, he says, all I have to say is um, a white person is going to try to get it, get, get you. And he says, if he, he says that to me, he knows I'm going to do it. Because I've, because of the situations I've been in and, and just people try to do stuff. And I say, oh, you're going to try to do it? You're going to try to show me up? Oh, I'm going to show you. And mm -hmm. I would get that attitude. But the Lord has helped me. I thank him for that. Because it was so deeply ingrained in my heart. It was very deep. And I had to really, I, he, had to, he had to do some undoing, just like we saw in the, in the film there. To come, to come to some honest things in my heart, in my life. Um, and it was fear. It was fear. Um, I realized mm -hmm. being in a um, Ku Klux Klan state in a different place, it was like the fear was always there. And um, so it was uh, some things he had to really do to un un deal with, unwrap that fear and to make me say, okay, you know what? I got to embrace different cultures. I've got to embrace, especially the Caucasian culture because they're all in my family. What was, what was I going to do about that? So I had to say, okay, all right, you got, he forced me, you got, he forced me to learn how to love. So I said, okay, daddy, all right, you got to go down deep because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So that's how he had to, you had the truth has to overcome all the other things for me. That's what he had to use. Mm 
Thank you, Lady D. Is there anyone else? Okay. Question I want to answer is the man said, I want it torn out of me. I don't know where it comes from. Well, I do have the answer for him, though he's he's in heaven now himself, the actor. Uh, but I, I will share this with you. And the answer is found in Romans chapter 3, starting at verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I chose Black Monica because I thought that racism was a very good representation of sin in general. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It was sin that caused the angel with the flaming sword to have to protect mankind from themselves so they weren't forever separated from God. It was sin that caused us to need the, the word of God to show us how to overcome it. But I, I don't want to stop at verse 23 because verse 24 says also, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That blood gave us, redeemed us, brought us back that we who sin, whether it's racism, and racism is our symbol for backbiting, gossip, fear, comparison, unit, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, you name it, we do it, we are guilty of it, all kinds of addictions, all kinds of issues, and we have an opportunity to be set free from it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to have to respond to that. Uh, one, of the, one of the articles in the Christian's Armor is... Uh, I'll read it for you in, in Ephesians 6. But I want to ask Pastor G, I'm giving you a break, Deacon Dixon. I ask Pastor G if she would read 2 Corinthians 10. Because ladies and gentlemen, this is your guide for addressing, taking the sword of the spirit that God has teach, that God has used our pastor to teach us how to wield and how he's teaching you as he deals with you. Um, that scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, Three to five. What did what was Paul talking about in terms of Christian weapons? I have, I have a bishop. Oh, you found the deacon. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you couldn't I'm get figured, it. I, no, I figured it out real quick. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you, Pastor G. Deacon Dixon has it. I thought you you, you uh, weren't going to be able to do it. All right. Yeah, I got it now. I figured it out. Oh, Second Corinthians ten, verse three through five. Yes. All right. Okay. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. This is the NIV. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. Pastor G? Yes? Since I didn't need you to read it, thank you, Deacon Dixon. What what what's that saying to us? Does does that give you any idea or something you can share with us from that scripture as to I said this is going to be what you need to help you to do what you need to do to address sin. Well, first of all, yeah. First of all, 
we don't we don't come back at people the way they came to us with worldly <laughs> weapons. That's number one. But okay. Secondly, all of our weapons are divine. In other words, they are coming from the power of the Holy Spirit. They're coming from God. And we have to war in the spirit because according to this, the uh, we have the divine power to bring down strongholds. And so we know that there is no table, there is no lamp that we can sit in and hold hands and chant and then a spirit comes and then we call out names and then those people get something or we don't work roots on them or other kinds of spells, but we call on the name of the Lord and we use the weapon of love. We use the fruit of the spirit. We use how God is leading us. It's not something we can just conjure up, if you will, or pull out. I'm going to pull out my love today. But God has to empower mm. us through his Holy Spirit. And that's what I see there. It's not, not a tangible thing you can see, but at the same time, it's very powerful, it's felt, and it really does change the heart of our enemies and those that would wrongdo us. And that's very difficult, very difficult. Thank you, Pastor G. I'm so glad you said that about the power. It's so powerful, but they're not physical. And, 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 and so when you start to apply the word of God to circumstances and situations and the way you think and the way you see things. The scripture says you could tear down strongholds of imagination in your head. Don't you ever have a scenario where you get people back in your head? Um, and, and, and another thing that I want to mention about, about racism as the um, example of sin in general, we feel justified to treat white people because of slavery. So we're justified to be mad at them or for what they've done to us. We're justified. We they're wrong. We're we're right. But sin is sin. And and as I think Pastor G said to us, we don't come back at them with what they came back to us. You don't fight back, you don't fight hatred with hate. You just gotta hate Paul. So we're using the word of God to actually address our imagination and how we get back. We do a lot of stuff in our imagination. Uh, but your brain doesn't know that you're imagining. Your brain says, oh, I'll go, I'll, I'll give you what you need to do this. So it will give you the hormonal secretions. It'll give you the emotional responses you need. And some of it, we just feel so justified. And God's not in that at all. It's all us. And so that is why in Ephesians 6, 17, you can draw from this fact, take the helmet of salvation, take that word of God using the powerful non-physical weaponry and put it on your thoughts. And you take the helmet of salvation, what God has done, the, the freedom, the deliverance you've gotten. And then also with that, what fuels that helmet is the sword of the spirit. And it says very clearly here that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And our pastor wields the sword of the spirit. And he is the angel assigned to our church. So I pray that you are challenged. Do better, be better. Don't let sin run rampant in you. We do have an example of a godly person, not a perfect person, but one who's called to be the angel of our church. You've been called 
to you have a message as well. We use the term ambassadors, but many times I want to, you don't have to answer me, but I think there's at least one of you. I know there's more than one that people have referred to you as an angel because you came with a message. You came with love. You came with kindness. You did something that made a difference. God uses you. He's called you to do things just like he's called our pastor to what he's called him to. One of the main things is he's called you to be his child, but he's caused, called you to be away. That's the best way I can say it to you like this. You can't just be sloppy about your Christian living. You can be, but if you are, you're living beneath the calling that God has given you. Don't live beneath your birthright your spiritual birthright. Don't live beneath it. Hooking up with every every Tom, Dick, and Harry, every, every, every woman, every man, every cause, every thought that wants to overtake somebody else and you tear them down in your head as well as with your lips and your words. Don't let yourself be guided by the motor of mouth, the motor of, may motor of mayhem. Don't, don't. Don't let that be your, your, your guide. Please don't do it. We've got an example of a pastor. We've got an example of, of those in our family that we look to. But because we're honoring our pastor, that's my theme in terms of we've been touched by an angel, senior pastor, James Turn Jr. And we have a message today. The example angel was the angel with the flaming sword in the garden who was a protector. Well, we got a couple Ps for you, Pastor. You are a protector, you're a prayer, and you're a praiser. Yes, you are. And all of those things make you such a special angel to each and every one of us. And to each and every one of the congregation under the sound of my voice, I'm going to pray for us today. And I'm asking that God will challenge us to do better and be better. Don't be like you were last year this time. I don't know how that sounds. But next year, don't be how you were now. <laughs> let's, let's be better. Let's, let's be better and not be so entitled to be racist or racially biased, whatever the bias is. Some people don't like homeless people. Some people don't like ugly people. Some people, um, it's, it's just a whole list. And, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so... We just make ourselves judge of everyone and everything. Lord, help us. So I pray that you are blessed today. And now we know what our pastoral theme is. We have been touched by an angel. And I hope the examples you all said, they were powerful. I pray that you remember that glorious power that you saw on that flaming sword and in that how they depicted it, and also the um, the attitudes that need to be addressed and adjusted in us first before we can dish it out. Let's pray together.